The following podcast contains language and subject matter that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. I'm standing at 41st and Pulaski. This is where Laquan McDonald was shot 16 times. I've probably watched the video of that incident over 100 times in the course of covering this trial. On the night Jason Van Dyke was found guilty of murdering Laquan McDonald, one of our reporters, Shannon Heffernan, went to 41st in Pulaski. It was raining, and the intersection was bathed in flashing blue lights again. Four police cars surrounded a man at the bus stop. After a few minutes, they drove away. When Shannon approached him, he seemed a bit rattled. At first, he was hesitant to be recorded, but then he agreed. I just got pulled over by four cops for no reason, sitting here. And they told me, oh, we, we pulled you over because you're, you're trespassing, walking on the sidewalk. Four of them. They didn't look happy. I asked him if he had heard about the Van Dyke verdict. He had, and he was glad. I think what he did was excessive, and he deserves everything he gets. That's my opinion. So do you think having this guilty verdict means that the culture around policing has changed in Chicago? That's not going to change nothing. That's not going to change a damn thing. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it'd be nice if it would, but it's not going to change shit. I sat here and waited for the bus. Cop cars pulled up. And guess what? I was nervous. Feels like uh, I'm, afraid to, I'm, I'm afraid to be on this corner. <laughs> I want to go home. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do. Because I'm not trying to get shot. I just got pulled over by four cops for no reason. Sitting here. Your, your bus is here. As he left, I asked him if he'd be willing to share his name. You just tell me what you want. You know what? My name... My name is Jesse Velasquez. And these cops out here, they need to grow up. From WBEZ Chicago and the Chicago Tribune, this is 16 Shots, the police shooting of Laquan McDonald. I'm Jen White. Over the past five days, Chicago has been reacting and responding to the murder conviction of Officer Jason Van Dyke. This was a tragedy because no one should have had to lose their life. Laquan McDonald should not have had to die to fix the broken system that everyone knew was broken for years and for decades. The gentleman that got killed had a responsibility to obey the police officer to just stop, do what they say, put the knife down, get down on the ground. The guy would still be alive. Justice won over a tale of two cities today. And I think as we move forward, we must always remember that justice... Righteousness is what really matters. Unfortunately, I think this will only further the shift where police officers are less and less aggressive. This code of silence that officers have is, is really something that, that's impacting the communities. And I think that, I mean, you saw so many, so many people that were changing their story and it just happens over and over again. If I were in his shoes, knowing that that morning I wake up and I put on that uniform, and I'm going to work to protect and serve. I kiss my wife goodbye, my kids goodbye, hoping that I'm going to see him that same day. And when you're face face to face with this man that it's either his life or your life, I put myself in his shoes. Would I have done the same thing? Would I have shot this man because I felt that my life was in danger and I would never see my family again? My answer to that is yes. 
He was supposed to be a big tough guy. A big tough guy would have got out of his car with his nightstick, looked at this little skinny kid, and, and just waved his nightstick in his face. And if he had to whack him in the head, whack him in the head. At least it, at least it would have been honest. What he did was murder. Among those responding to the verdict, Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel. The jury did their job and their work, but our job as a city is not done. You know, over a hundred years, there have been seven individual attempts to making reforms of the police department and enhancing community police relationships. I believe that the course we're on today, led by Superintendent Johnson uh, and the leadership of the police department and all of us, our work is ahead of us, although we've done a lot over the last two years, we still have a lot of work ahead of us. So the, ver- the jury did their job. Their In work. this episode, we go back to some of the people and places we visited throughout this podcast and ask how people are making sense of the verdict. On the night the verdict came down, WBEZ's Patrick Smith caught up again with two of Laquan McDonald's close friends, Aaron Wilson and Christian Poole, in the neighborhood on Chicago's west side where Laquan McDonald spent a lot of his life. We on Lawland, Iowa, where we all, well, yeah. us two grew up at. The 800 yeah. the eight hundred block, you know what I'm saying? This is where it all started at, where we jumped off that porch at. <laughs> For real. And that corner right there is where you guys used to hang out and, and would hang out with, with Laquan, right? Yep. Yep. I talked to Aaron and Christian on the front porch of a house that's now abandoned. It used to be the family home of one of their best friends. The porch is just a few doors down from the spot where Aaron, Christian, and Laquan would hang out, get high, and roast each other. And it's just a few blocks from the front porch where Shannon and I first interviewed them, before Van Dyke's trial had started, when they described Laquan's unique walk, his fun-loving personality, and his Bobby Schmurda dance. Since we talked, Aaron's gone through a rough patch. He picked up a couple battery charges and lost his job because of them. But Christian's doing better. He got a job at McDonald's on the south side, and he's living with his sister near there. What do you think about the verdict? Did you watch it? I know you were working. Did you watch it? Of course. I had went live on my Facebook, you know what I'm saying? Had my little phone out watching it. I, it kind of put a smile on my face because, like, finally, like, you know what I'm saying, we got a little justice. I can go to sleep. I ain't got to stay up all night, you know what I'm saying, thinking about the verdict and all that now. Since it's, you know what I'm saying, settled and all that, I can... Give me some rest in earlier now. Have you been staying up thinking about this? Yes. Since day one, you know what I'm saying? Since it happened and the whole trial, him taking it to trial, it's been on my mind ever since, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's 2018 now. That happened in 2014, you know what I'm saying? October 20th. Hey, Christian, you were at work when you found out. What, what do you think about the, the verdict? I mean, I'm happy in a sense, but then, like, you know, Real That's quick, God, real you know quick, I mean? Duke. Did you have? Did you have? Like when they charged him with the second degree murder, did you kind of react in some type of way? Did you think they was gonna do the first degree, or was you satisfied with it? Well, like once he, I, I once, I once they said like he was not only charged with second degree, he was also charged with sixteen counts of aggravated battery. Like, right. for that shit count too. So it's like yeah. all that shit gonna add up. You know what I mean? Like. He now that Van Dyke is, he feel like what we go through, like what these people put us through, like the police, what they, you know, they make our life hard. The people you know, whether they knew Laquan or not, were they paying close attention to this? The people I know. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. 
Yeah. Like all all on Facebook, all my friends they they making statuses like, you know, about the verdict and the trial and all that. So I know they care about it. And like at my job, like they was all like, Christian, you're not gonna watch it. You're not gonna watch it. I mean, like people were they were watching that didn't even know him. But I feel like it's more than him should have paid for like this. Like the people who Van Dyke had to go to tell his story, like his bosses and shit, like why did he do that? Like, I feel like more than him should pay for that shit. So there is actually uh, next month, there's gonna be a trial for three other officers. Maybe you guys already knew this. Three other officers who are charged with, with trying to cover up the shooting. Did you guys know that? No. So the other officers yeah, that had so something to do with it? For trying to cover up for some shit that they homie did, you know what I mean? And I feel like they should pay for that shit too. That's just like, you know what I mean? Like if I was to go do a drill and Aaron A-Town was in the car with me and the police pulled us over, they would have locked both of us up because they felt like he had some shit to do with that shit too. You feel what I'm saying? Like gonna, I feel like they're going to book both of us. Everybody who had like parts and that shit, who knew about that shit before we knew about that shit, for they ass should pay for that shit. On um, bro, they should pay for that shit. So the defense, Van Dyke's attorneys put on a bunch of witnesses who were supposed to basically say that Laquan McDonald was like a bad kid. They described Laquan as a monster at one point. They said he had wow. huge, bugged-out eyes. I wonder wow. what you think about that. <laughs> they don't know him. Like, why, why, who, who, who think he a bad kid? He, he wasn't, you know what I'm saying, like that. I mean, of course we did everybody... It ain't nobody perfect. So what? What do they mean by that? A right, bad so kid. Who, like, who get like? That's why I be saying like, who gives somebody else the power to say like, somebody was a bad. You don't know what people been grew up to. How you gonna judge? How you gonna judge by how someone look? Come on now. Right. You can't judge no book by on cover. You gotta read that book. Like, for he a baby. He Seventeen was a, years he old. He was young. He still had life to live, like to learn. Like people learn from their mistakes. Like I say, how like you gonna, how you gonna sit up here and talk about no somebody? How somebody look? Get Come over on, his problems or what he was going through. You didn't get on that chance to like for like just because everybody we all wasn't born like with this silver spoon on my fucking mouth. For no nah, hell no. Nah. That ain't you ain't that ain't no way to judge nobody, bro. When the the first time we talked on the porch, uh, you said there's nothing going to change about these police. Does this verdict make you believe that maybe something will get better? And my general manager asked me the same thing. Like maybe this is a this is a stepping stone for stuff to change. And you know my response to her was, "This is 2018." 2018 years not passing ain't shit done change. Aaron, do you think it'll change at all? Or this? do you think this verdict in particular is a sign that things could get better? I mean, maybe in a way, you know what I'm saying? I think things going to kind of die down. We're going to try to make it better, and you know what I'm saying, about all this that happened to them. So, yeah, in a way, yeah. What do you say to police officers who are upset that Van Dyke was convicted? Why was they upset? Because they know that he did was fucked up and not right. So I don't see how in the hell they can be upset about that situation. And what I think about, like, all the police that feel like, oh, man, Van Dyke shouldn't have got this. For y'all ass should get that shit, too. If y'all feel like he ain't got what he deserved, for that man, y'all them crooked motherfuckers that's on this force, too.
the feeling is entirely different in Garfield Ridge and Clearing, a pair of neighborhoods near Midway Airport on Chicago's southwest side. Jason Van Dyke's family lives there. Chicago has a rule for all its employees. They have to live within city limits. This is a place where many white city employees flocked decades ago when their old neighborhoods turned African-American and Latino. Garbage men, firemen, police officers. Mark Schreck is a 54-year-old industrial mechanic. He told Chip Mitchell about the neighborhood. We have a large Hispanic community. Everything else, we've got some black people, Polish community, regular white people, you know, my wife's Italian. Just a little bit of everybody around here. Mostly, mostly white. Nice community, very solid. We got uh, Garfield Ridge Watchdogs and stuff. We stay real net and stuff. And uh, what, what, what's Watchdogs? Oh, it's it's a website, you know, for people who live in Garfield and Clearing and stuff. And uh, we communicate real qu- quickly, you know, because uh, we love this neighborhood and uh, we don't want to get torn up or going to hell. We don't want to turn it into one of the other neighborhoods that are all tore up around here, you know. You know, when that thing was going on, everybody was on the Watchdogs and stuff, you know. That thing was Van Dyke's trial. I met Shrek on his way out of a mass at St. Jane de Chantal Church. It's a modernist building with a zigzagging roof line. It's where the Van Dykes go. It was Sunday, two days after the verdict, after sheriff's deputies took the officer away. Shrek said he had just served communion to Van Dyke's wife and daughters. It's sad. I don't know what to say to him except give him a look, and they know I'm praying for him. It's a shameful situation. It's, it's horrible. You know, that trial should not have been in Cook County. That man did not receive a fair trial at all. When you talk with people in this part of town, you hear it over and over. The officer was just doing his job and got a bad deal. And you hear something else about the verdict. Relief. I was worried about riots. I was, I was worried about people burning down the city. That's what I was worried about, coming into this neighborhood. The protests around McDonald's shooting and the Van Dyke trial have been peaceful. But even the parish priest, Van Dyke's priest, even he feels relief. His name's Ed Cronin. We spoke in the church rectory. A police SUV was idling just outside. The department had started posting officers there during the trial when a threatening call warned Cronin to quit speaking in Van Dyke's defense. To be honest with you, I did feel relief, you know, that a verdict came down. A guilty verdict. A guilty verdict. Yeah, And to say, Jason, you know, I'm sorry, it had to be you. This had to happen. You know, I mean, Jason knew it was going to probably come down this way. There was it, it has had to happen this way because the city was almost up for grabs. I could feel the animosity and the some of some of it just downright hatred toward police, toward him, his family, toward me, you know, as his pastor and the parish. None of this was gonna be resolved if he came down with a you know, an innocent verdict. He had to be convicted to help save this whole city, this whole mess, with the police. The city needed to be healed. Is it still just? I'm not sure. Jason was still in the line of duty. It was excessive what he did, but nobody knows his perspective, what he was standing in, you know, at the time. What would be right for the city and just for Jason Van Dyke right now in terms of his custody, his bail was revoked, Mm -hmm. and his sentencing? God's mercy is for everyone, even the one who is supposedly the worst among us. But for that, with that, there has to be also repentance. I know that, you know, and Jason knows that, you know, and he'll do whatever needs to be done 
for that he already has been doing penance, you know, for this. Some people would argue that healing the community means justice, a long prison term. We saw this happen on video for accountability for police officers. He needs to do serious time for it. Um, we're not talking about a mass murderer here, okay, who really should be put away and locked away for the rest of their life. We're not talking about that. This is a human being. This was a man. This is a father, a husband, okay, and a religious man at that. So if this justice for a long prison term is hinged to the entire social issues with the police department, the community, to one man, it sounds more revengeful to me. I don't see how that's helpful. I don't see that as pre-Christian. Let's use this to come together. Let's use all that anger that of the organizations that are trying to um, bring forth what they see as injustices done to them by the police. Let's use that for the good of everybody. That's a lot of good energy in there. Could be a lot of good energy to help save this city. While Chip was in Van Dyke's parish, Shannon Heffernan was at the new Mount Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church on Chicago's west side. Church members there offered up a prayer of gratitude for the guilty verdict. Reverend Marshall Hatch is the pastor here. You've heard from him throughout this podcast. He was in the courtroom during parts of the trial. But in his sermon, he told his congregation he purposefully chose not to be there when the verdict was read. I got a chance to sit right across from Miss Van Dyke for most of the trial. It seemed like the closer we got to the verdict, the, the, the less figured I would really feel about rejoicing no matter what the outcome was. It just didn't seem like a time for that kind of celebration. I felt pretty sober about it, actually. So I, I really knew that it was not time for celebrating, but it's a time for sober acknowledgement, amen, that we have a long way to go still. He also told his congregation, despite believing that justice had been done, there was still a long way to go. The celebration needs to be over and we need to get back to work. Back in his office after the church service, he explained that the goal now was keeping the whole city accountable. That wasn't Jason Van Dyke's gun that he shot. That was our gun. And you can't use it that way in our name. And the police are accountable to us. It's going to be a a long road. During closing arguments... Dan Herbert, the lawyer for Van Dyke, compared the scene to a monster movie. And if we extend that metaphor, Laquan McDonald would have been the monster. He also said had it been a Boy Scout walking down that street, maybe it wouldn't have been a justified shooting. But it wasn't. It was racist. They hurt their client badly with that strategy. And you think it was a strategy? It was purposeful? Oh, absolutely. I thought it was purposeful. All of that was dog whistle, and not a subtle one. And it was really interesting watching uh, people with fancy law degrees and using these terms and talking to this jury as if they thought they were being persuasive. And these common people saw right through the smoke screen. Hatch's church is huge. Big, tall arches, giant stained glass windows with scenes from the Bible. 
And then some stained glass scenes the church has added. Well, you know, church art is very interesting. We moved in one of these Catholic buildings and we, you know, kind of made some thematic art to reflect our own story with some of the art that's already there in one of our windows. And it's been there for about 18 years. And then we have one on the Great Migration. And now they're working on a window that he says will be the third part of that trilogy. That is going to be a youth peace window. And it's it's going to have... Um, representations of the four girls from Birmingham. And we also have uh, several young people who have been victims of the violence in Chicago and being taken into back into the village by a Christ figure. They're already raising money and have an illustration of what they hope to do. And on that window, if he gets permission from the family, he wants to have Laquan McDonald. The church can literally sanctify people. It's a, it's a way of proclaiming something holy, something that God uses in order to advance the causes of justice. And so it means that it may not have mattered to people who thought they were in power, but Laquan mattered to God. And that's why in his name, this town has been turned right side up. Jason Van Dyke was transferred this week to a county jail three hours west of Chicago. He's got his own cell, so he's separated from other inmates. The plan is to hold him there until sentencing. That could be weeks or even months off. Now that the trial has ended, we'll be doing far fewer episodes. But when Van Dyke is sentenced, we'll be there and we'll bring you an update. We'll also bring you news about another trial. Three officers face charges of conspiring to cover up for Van Dyke after the shooting. That trial may get at something even deeper and more entrenched in the culture of Chicago policing. It won't be about one officer shooting one young man. It'll be about a group of officers allegedly following a police department code of silence. For updates, stay subscribed to 16 Shots. Sixteen Shots is a production of WBEZ Chicago and the Chicago Tribune. It was produced by James Edwards with assistance from Joe Dassault and Carrie Shepard. Our reporting team includes Shannon Heffernan, Chip Mitchell, and Patrick Smith. Mike Lansu is our digital editor with help from Paula Friedrich and Gabrielle Wright. Our senior editor is Rob Wildeboer. Brendan Banaszak is our executive producer, and Steve Edwards is WBEC's chief content officer. Special thanks to the Tribune editors Matt O'Connor, Tracy Van Morleham, and Angela Rosa O'Toole. And thanks to the WBEZ newsroom, whose reporting was instrumental to this series. Additional thanks to Jenner and Block for their generosity and legal help in getting access to documents in the Van Dyke case that helped fill out our reporting and the reporting of other media in Chicago. The legal team includes Jeff Coleman, Gabe Fuentes, Patrick Cordova, Vaishali Geldandi, Clifford Berlow, Daniel Garcia, Fallon McDowell, and Mary Patston. You can find out more about the case at wbez.org slash 16shots. In the morning rush or the end of day hustle, find the news on the WBEZ mobile app. Catch up and stay informed on your schedule from wherever you are. 
available now for Android or iOS.